Welcome to the Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Barker, and we have Chuck Hingle from Marketing Architects again to talk about creating and selling Hurricane. For listeners who are joining us for the first time, here's a quick recap. On previous episodes, we discussed TV advertising and how to do it right during and after the pandemic. Today, we're going to talk about factors you should consider when selling off your company or a portion of it and how to be prepared for how it'll feel after you make the exit. You had a, a company called uh, Hurricane that you guys had that you had come up with. And it just so everybody knows, he's giving me a big old smile right now. I think it, I, I was thinking about this. I was like, this is unfair. Like You have this knowledge of, of the TV industry. So no wonder you guys did so well with the company. Um, so it's a little unfair because, you know, once again, that'd be like me going up and starting a business and crushing it from an SEO perspective. So unfair, but, but well played uh, on, on your side as well. So how did you guys come up with the idea of, of Hurricane? Like how did that would be like, what, what was the, like, I'm just kind of curious when I had read about the company and about you guys selling it off. And I just was really intrigued about that story because not only do you do advertising, but you're also an entrepreneur, right? You've got an inventor as yeah. well. So I, that's a, an interesting place. I just was kind of curious about that. Yeah, I guess I want to meet the person who invented peanut butter jelly, because that's what it felt like when we discovered the idea for the hurricane. Because on one hand, we were trying to stimulate progress. How do we come better at what we do? And we had the idea, do we launch one of our own products so that we can build our own wares that we offer clients up to a higher level? So we had that on one side, but then one day I had a friend I spent some time with and she had both her parents die in the last year. And she was talking about, and she's a well-known person in marketing in the Twin Cities. And she said, you know, the whole industry of, of seniors and people aging in place, it is just so old school. There's nobody doing good marketing. These products are behind the time. There's nothing inspiration about it. it the whole thing, Chuck, was just incredibly depressing. And I said, well, what could somebody do differently to help? She said, you know, the issue that I saw was the greatest is when people stop being as mobile, they, they don't get the help they need, and then they fall. And she said, did you know that seniors, more than half the hospital admissions for an older person is because they've fallen? And mm-hmm. once you've fallen, then a whole other series of things happen that are negative. He said, help people stop falling, Chuck. And I thought to myself, well, how do I do that? And she explained to me the phases of mobility loss, the last one being death, but the first phase is just where you need help with a cane. And she said, the cane's been the same for like 2000 years. It's basically a stick. And that was just the light bulb. I said, well, let's not make it a stick. And so we sat down and we said, how would we maybe make someone inspired to use a walking cane? And then we're gonna build the end-to-end capabilities inside our agency. We're not gonna outsource anything to do this work. So we really understand the issues our clients are facing. And so we did those two things and it just really rang the bell. It really resonated. We, the hardest part was the product invention side because we didn't have manufacturing experience and things. And I was running around in Asia trying to find factories and uh, the marketing side, you know, we just do the things that we do for clients today. You know, we, we built a brand and that was amazing. And we AB tested to find the right price point and the right offer and the right message. And we put a website together and the conversion increased 400% over the first 90 days because we AB tested what you recommend to everybody, right? Yeah. And so, but we also then had a chance to do some of the digital things like Shane that you're really good at that we weren't good at so we could live that a little bit. So even though we didn't add those as services to our agency, it all came together, but it became a beloved brand for older people. Um, and it inspired really a whole growth in the category. We heard from everyone that sells those kind of products that sales were up substantially. Because we inspired seniors to be aware that, you know, it's not so bad if you're losing a little mobility, it's okay to get a little help. 
Uh, and the product, yeah, it worked kind of like the human body. It pivots on the bottom like your ankle. It folds like your knee. And it's more stable than a traditional cane. But the key moment was when I walked into um, our, our creative leader's office and, and he said, Chuck, hang on a second. He said, can you make this product do this? And he took the cane and he slammed it on his desk and he was holding the base of it so it wouldn't fall over. And I go, do what? He said, he let go of it and it fell. And I go, what do you want me to do? He said, he picked the cane up. Can you make this cane stand when I let go of it? Because then it'll be the cane that stands alone. Uh, and it was so exciting. So we made the base wider and we made it stand up on its own. And that was the key feature that consumers liked the best. They could let go of their cane. It wouldn't fall over. That's a really embarrassing moment for a senior. And it's hard to pick it up if it falls over. I could open my door. I could get in my car. And I'm like, wow, that is how marketing and product development and how we all collaborate well together. We all have a role. We all have a seat at the table. And it was just so inspiring. Everyone at Marketing Architects contributed to that brand. Ultimately, we're not in the business of selling product. We probably want to let it go on too long, but it generated many, many millions in revenue. And we had a nice exit to a big company that's in the business of selling those kind of products. And they've continued to be a client of ours and do, do a really good job with that product. But it's in the home it should be now. That's awesome. I, I love, well, first of all, I love the name Hurricane, right? I mean, I love that because it's like, hey, we can move along. And it's funny how um, when you think about products and it's, the, it's sometimes it's the most simplistic thing of somebody saying, hey, can you make this so this doesn't fall down? Because you would think when you said that, I was like, oh, that makes total sense. But it's like we, these poor people that are like, hey, I'm using a cane. And then you think about like, where do you put your cane so that it doesn't fall? You have to, you have to reach somewhere. You have to go put it somewhere. It's very inconvenient. And if your cane drops, then what do you do? Like you're already having problems with the mobility. You're going to go drop down and pick up your cane off the ground or you're going to ask yeah. for help. And so- it's a very basic thing, but I love the fact of like figuring out like, hey, the biggest issue is that seniors, that once you lose your mobility, then you start to lose everything else, right? And I, I think I've seen that with, well, with my grandma, who you know, the minute she jumped in a chair and started using a lark, she wasn't as mobile as she was before and doing the different things that I think cause a little bit of a challenge, but also kind of keeps you moving as, as a human being. And so um, I love that. I think that's an awesome product. And, I, and the fact that you were able to say, listen, now, Usually it was just the advertising side of things. Hey, we're actually going to build this product out, understand what your clients are going through, which helps give you both perspectives, right? Of like, hey, this isn't, we have a budget, but this is a product that we've put together. And so, you know, we're very cognizant of how much we're putting out there money-wise and what needs to happen there. Um, but congratulations on, on, you know, making, got a few million and then got it into the right hand. So when did you guys decide that you wanted to sell it off? Like, what was that defining moment for you? Yeah, well, 1.2 you brought up on, on the name, I just want to cover that in a second because it's a great lesson for all of us in marketing. When we first invented that name, we got many, many people in the industry, they were viscerally angry that we'd use a name like that. They said, you're going to scare seniors. That's terrible. I can't believe you're naming it after a hurricane. This is terrible. You cannot run that. We had people angry even at our own company. And it <laughs> maybe we're on the right track. So we said, you know, what? we're going to launch and we're going to test it. We'll be willing to change it. Um, but the seniors loved it. We related to them. And it turns out one of the motivators for seniors is when other people think what they use is cool. That's why seniors tell stories to young kids. When I was your age, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's a big motivator. And so there was nobody offended within our target audience. So 
it's always reminded me to keep my opinion really close to myself. I, you know, I'm wrong a lot in this business, Shane, you probably are as well, right? Where, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Cause we've been doing it so long, but to let the ideas of the creators come through and there's ways to test these, but don't be afraid to go after the crazy idea. So anyways, that was that. Um, it just became time to sell the scale of what we were having to accomplish was just too large. We we're selling millions of canes every year. We, did get it into Walmart ourselves. We were in Walgreens and we had a whole retail team. And so it just, we got, and actually we got a call from the CEO of Drive Medical who said, hey, love what you're doing, love to chat. So we didn't proactively shop it and they, they contacted us and it just felt like the right thing to do. But it's hard to let go of it. It was kind of our baby. And, yeah, no. and so that, that's, that's hard. Well, that's, yeah, that's never easy. So I, I've, I've only sold one of my businesses and it was difficult. You know, you don't realize how connected you are to that. I, another thing I want to point out is that what I think a very important point of this is you talked about the seniors loving it. The seniors in this example are the data, right? Like we have right. our own thing of like, Hey, we don't think the idea, the name, Oh my gosh, why would you say hurry and Kane and knowing that people can't move fast and all these things of like, Oh, maybe we shouldn't. And then all of a sudden the seniors like, we love it. And if you would have stuck with whoever at your company or at other people's opinions and said, hey, maybe we shouldn't launch this thing because it's not the right name. Once again, those are our own things that we bring to the table, but that might not be right, right? I mean, so I think that's right. what I love there is like, hey, the seniors are like, hey, we love the name. Like, it's okay. That's all we care about. That's who buying it. It's not somebody at your right. table or somebody who have invested or whatever that is. It's like, hey, let's give this thing a try. Let's see. And if it, if it, flops and it doesn't go well, we still have the concept of what it is and we can change the name, but like, let's put it out there, right? Let's just see what people say. And if they love it, great. We keep doing it. If they don't, we can, we can pivot and make changes. So, right. Right. That's awesome. So what are some of the important factors? So if somebody's listening and says, Hey, they've got a product and they're get it to a certain point at, at what point do you think, um, like, what are some of the important factors that you would look at when, you know, when you say, Hey, okay, maybe it's time to sell off a, a portion of my company or, or a product that I'm creating. I love that question because it, it, it's such a popular topic where entrepreneurialism is more accessible than ever. And it, I, I, I got great advice on this um, years ago. And, and the advice was think about your exit before you launch your company. And mm -hmm. is, your, is your business built for an exit? And if it's not built for an exit, you're gonna be an employee. You're not gonna be an owner. Mm -hmm. And then, so what, what builds a company for an exit? Well, have a great team. Yeah. Like that's rule number one. You know, have have a product that's differentiated that you can defend in the market. Maybe you'll have knockoffs or people trying to do what you do, but have some have some point of difference that that's very attractive. Have systems that run the company, and so use business process. So that advice is is really good as well. So really think about that. And so what I recommend to people is if you're going to launch a company, create an org chart. And if it's a, if you're going to launch it on your own, put your name in every org chart box. You're going to be the accountant. You're yeah. going to be the apps person. You're going to be customer service. You're going to be product. You're going to be sales. Put your name in every box and then decide, well, if I'm going to grow this, how do I get my name out of these boxes? Yeah. And your business is probably not sellable until you have a few names in other boxes. You know, you know, companies aren't looking for companies run by one person. Maybe, maybe, um, but more likely they're going to be buying a team and, and a company. When is the time right? Well, I, I think that's a matter of the heart to a certain degree. If, if you're really money motivated and, and that time's just right for that, well, then go for it. But a lot of times, you know, entrepreneurs, as you know, Shane, you're not starting it for the money. It's something you're passionate about. 
yeah. something you love, you know, you're scratching your own itch, you're solving a problem. Um, I'm still doing this 24 years ago. I, I'm still solving problems that, that get my adrenaline going every day. It's not time to leave. So why would I do that? So that's a long time for an entrepreneur to hang a shingle in one area. That shows you how fun I think advertising is that I'd be captivated by it this long. Well, frankly, the hurricane that was four, four and a half years. Well, that was about the right cycle for that business. Yeah. Um, and so everyone's answer is going to be different. But what a great question to ask. So people think about it now. I love that. The exit. I mean, that's, you know, before. So I these last, let's say, 10 years, let's say last five years, let's be honest, putting processes in place. And that was one thing. I, there was a book that I read. And I can't remember what book it was at this point. But what was interesting to me was if you were to leave your business for a week, two weeks, a month, whatever, would your business still run? And there was a point in my life when I wasn't, I was, I was working 18 hours and I was the middle of everything. I was, I realized I was the reason we weren't getting to that next level. Cause I approved everything and everything had to been run through me. And I realized like, nobody's going to want to buy my business. Cause if I got hit by a truck tomorrow, hopefully that doesn't happen. But if it did happen, well, now I'm prepared for it. Like everybody be fine. But you know, 10 years ago, there's no way that I would have been prepared. Like I was the, I was everything to the company. And so it's like, but you don't really have a company. If you can't leave. And this was my big thing is like, I would go leave for a weekend and my wife and I would always joke around. My wife's like, you're going to bring your girlfriend, which my girlfriend was my laptop, which I brought pretty much everywhere we went, which is, <laughs> you know, is a disease. And so yeah. I would just do this. And so I realized like I'm without me, this is nothing. I can't sell this thing because I don't have processes in place. I'm the cog in the wheel and everything. And nobody's going to want to buy that for the most part, you know? So what I realized is like, Hey, how do we put these processes in place? How do you make yourself replaceable? Right. That really is the goal of this thing. It's like, and you talked about it, like putting your name in these buckets. And guess what? You're the president, you're the secretary, you're the treasurer, you're janitor, you're all these things, but you need to have somebody replace you in those areas. And there'll be a point when you're even should be replaced. And so now you have a business that assuming, you know, that, that you're okay with that, you can now you can sell it because you can take these processes and give it to somebody else and say, hey, my five million dollar baby now needs to be a 15 million dollar baby, and you're already in the industry, you already have the channels let's make it happen. And it sounds like that's what happened to your, where you guys were at. You got that call, which, you know, was always a great call. Cause you're like, well, that's just kind of my baby. Oh, for that amount. Yeah, we could absolutely sell off. Let me go ahead and take a look at what that means. And that definitely makes sense. But I think having that in the beginning, understanding if you assuming you want to exit or what is your plans with the business? Is it to be it, have it for 20 years or it's, Hey, my goal in five years is generate this much in sales and then find somebody to be able to, to sell the business to. So I love that as, as phenomenal idea or advice. So what lessons did you learn from selling off um, Hurricane? I mean, I, I know that you guys, I know there's probably a lot of things that happen. Once again, you get that call and you're like, wait a second, I guess we might be selling the company. So what are some of the lessons you learned from that? Well, it was a good process. I, I would recommend everyone get really good advice on the process. You should use a good attorney who's got experience in that area. Mm -hmm. um, you should recognize it's a process. And it's a negotiation and you should be good at that if you want to maximize the value of your business and so that that was it it's like it, almost like a dance where yes it's a financial transaction but it's the meeting of minds between people that matter a lot for that be prepared for when you exit what it's going to feel like when it's gone is that mm. something you're comfortable with and are you going to miss it and it's hard to project how you feel but that i think that's important do you have the next thing you're going to go do um, some people are really good at getting multiple things started in their career, but it's pretty rare. That's why yeah. Elon Musk is so rare. He's one of the first people that ever built multiple billion dollar businesses. Well, even on a smaller business level, it's can you do that next or should you stick with what you have? 
are you okay running a, a, a smaller business that's it's stable on a long-term basis? So it, it's, I think having that personal board of directors who can guide you with that, you know, if you've raised money, it's going to be easier because they're going to be in your ear uh, what, what they want you to do. Yeah, they're going to want to return. Times. So I think this advice is more for someone that maybe started a private business and hasn't raised a lot of money, or maybe it's just friends and family that aren't asking for an exit. Uh, but if you have investors, then the question really is, well, what do they want? And they'll give you that advice. So I don't know. It's definitely, I think if you've reached a point where you could think of selling, I would say you, that what a great finish line. What yeah. a great reward for an entrepreneur to have built something that could be sold. That is really hard to do. Um, you know, when you think 95% of businesses are gone before year five, that, that's not through sale. They just don't make it. It's so rare. Um, I saw a stat on, on our company the other day, only one in 2000 companies reach it to our stage. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm kind of addicted to that now. Like, well, how far can this go? Um, I'd like to see it go a little farther. And so I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, but building something that that's enduring, it's going to work whether you stay long-term or whether you're going to sell, um, both it's the same answer for both paths, build something enduring. Someone's either going to want it or you're going to want to stay either way you yeah. win. Yeah, I love that. You're a, and I never really thought about that, but you're like an empty nester. Your your businesses. I mean, you were obviously in the advertising side of things, but now you've got Hurricane. It's gone, and you're like, wow, this is awesome. My bank account looks pretty healthy. Last time I checked, but now what do I want to do? I got to fill my time. It's like retirement almost. You know, it's like okay, now what? I mean, you still obviously had your other business that you were running, but at that point, you're kind of missing your baby a little bit. Like, oh, my baby went off to college, or you know, I got uh, not let me sell off babies because that didn't sound right, but. You know, it's like the idea of that of yeah, like, it's yeah. like, man, it's like, you know, you have, there's an, there's an empty space here. Once again, the bank account helps fill that space a little bit, but you got to figure out what is your next project to work on. Um, that's awesome. That's great advice. And I, like I said, I think it's, and it's incredible the amount of businesses that, that aren't able to sell. So if you are in that arena, even somebody's knocking at your door to potential sell, uh, once again, you're very fortunate. You're one of the, the top 3%, top 4% of the nation. Um, yeah. So I, I wanted to talk to you about, and you kind of touched on this about having, you know, places in Orlando and down in Arizona as well. Um, with this, we're, we're starting to open up a little bit. We had that conversation before the podcast started. Um, if there was one place that you could travel to in the world for free, that once again, no COVID, no mask, no nothing, where would you want to go? Where was your, what, what's your list? I, know, I think your list is a big list. I could tell by your smile on your face right now, but give me, give me one place that you're like, this is, we would pack up the family. Well, let me, let me preface this. It's either you by yourself or you bring the family. I'm assuming you bring your family, but I, I don't want to make that assumption. You yeah. tell me. Yeah. Well, I have to defer my wife again. So she lived and worked in Norway for a number of years and I have not been there with her yet. So if I go anywhere, um, she's been wanting me to go back with her and show me all the things she did. So that's, that's next on our list. And that's been way too delayed. We got too busy with young kids and raising them and we just haven't been back. So that's, that's first on our list. That's awesome. It's like Oslo. Is that, where was she, where was she? She um, was right outside of Ber Bergen, actually, and but uh, but it's a small enough country. She'd been kind of all over in the, the couple everywhere. major cities there. Yeah, yeah. I've I've heard nothing but good things about Norway. So that would be and, and I and once again, I ask these questions. The audience thinks it's for them. It's literally for me. I ask about books I want to read. Ask where people want to go. Just recently, I've had like three guests that said they wanted to go to Japan. So that's now moved to my top ten. I just want to talk to people that have traveled. I, I'm a, a traveling junkie. And so this last year, year and a half has been difficult for me because, you know, usually my goal, and if anybody's listening to this, I, what I usually do is I find speaking events in other countries 
and, and have them pay the bill. Don't tell anybody, Chuck, have them pay the bill. And then I get out there and then I turn it into a week long trip or two Love week it. trip. So if you're listening to you right now and you want to get somebody on stage, I might potentially be that person. If you're willing to pay, then, you know, I'd be willing to go get a tattoo yeah. of, of your company on me somewhere or something like that, whatever it takes. I'm, I'm here to, here to provide. So, all right. So we've got, we got Norway. So that's, that's on the list. So if you could choose a superpower, what would be, what would be your superpower, Chuck? Give us a, give us something good here. You know, I, I, the one thing that we love at Marketing Architects, we love being the underdog. We, we love working with brands that are the underdog and how do we make them number one. And, and when you're starting a business, you're the underdog. I love that feeling of people betting against me. You know, you're never going to make this work. And that actually never discouraged me. It'd make me want to do it more. So, uh, so when I thought about superpower, I don't know. I, I think you can't bet on being the underdog, but I wouldn't mind being the best in the world at things for like a day. Like, wouldn't it be awesome to give Martin Luther King's speech, I have a dream, and just have everyone just be captivated by that or whatever superpower that was, but I just wouldn't want that long term. Yeah, it's uh, I, I don't know what's it like to be the best in the world at something long term, that would be a burden. So I don't know, I would want to have the ability to have that skill for a day at a time. Oh, I, I appreciate that. But I will tell let me tell you something. So your underdog thing, you've been doing this 20 something years, I don't think you're the underdog anymore. You might think that in your mind. But you're like, you've been around and doing this for a long time. So we'll, we'll keep you as the underdog. So you can keep winning <laughs> your, your battles. So I do appreciate that. Yeah. If you just started a year ago, then I'd say, hey, you're absolutely the underdog. I, you have too much knowledge now to be the underdog just so uh, to, to enlighten you a little bit just so you, you kind of know that you're, you're your next level. But um, I understand that. I think just, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want to be, I've always joked around this with my wife, like, I wouldn't mind being a, like a B-list celebrity, right? Like, I wouldn't mind being, because I don't want to be recognized, like this, like what you're just talking about, like, I wouldn't want to be, let's right. say, number one for the day, but then I want to go back to, like, my little private life and not have everybody, like, I wouldn't want to be walking with my kids and somebody jump up and start taking pictures of us, or my wife and I are leaving a dinner and somebody's, you know, trying to take a picture of her getting in the car, like, I wouldn't do well with that. Like, I'm very much like, a, like, leave me alone. Like, I just don't want that. You know, I enjoy, you know, podcasts and fun stuff like that. But I, nobody's going to recognize me on the street, for God's sakes. I mean, you know, sometimes my brother doesn't recognize me on the street. So that's, I'm, I'm not famous by any <laughs> means. But it's just interesting yeah. that I think that, you know, that, that, that thing of like, oh, okay, that would be, you know, maybe be that person for the day and then be able to come back to our little private lives and, and keep it private. So what would be, so my other question I'd like to ask is, what is your, like, your favorite book or podcast um, that has either shaped your career, or your personality. Is there anything that like, and I always ask this because I always put these books in our show notes because I want people to, you know, and, and obviously it's for me too, literally the minute people say something, I write it down and I go read that book. So anything good podcast wise or book wise? Yeah, well, podcast actually is my media of choice now. I'm a junkie. I spent a lot of time with it. Um, I, I knew of you, Shane, and your podcast before we got connected and I appreciate that connection. Um, and so I, I listened to a lot. Actually, we knew Tim Ferriss before he became Tim Ferriss when he was in the products business. Nice, we're, nice. we're actually referenced in his book, The 4-Hour Workweek. So I love, I love that podcast. What I listen to a lot of today is there's so many smart people out in podcasting talking about what they know that is so far over my head. I love, I love that process. You're like, I only understand 5% of what you're talking about, but you're willing to just talk to me over like an hour or two at a time. And I can try to start to figure out what you're talking about. And I'm doing that in economics right now. I thought I had a background in it, but no, there, there's people that are so much smarter 
than wherever I got it with my career or my, you know, my degree in that. So that's my new thing right now. How do I find the really smart people out there? And they're doing a great job with that. So that's my advice. Just find stuff that you want to learn about and, and just start listening. And you can do it while you're walking, while you're biking. It, it can fit in anywhere. And I actually learned this a while back. I don't know if you've tried this, Shane, but you can listen at a faster speed. It, it turns out the brain learns faster. 1.5. So I kind of only know you as a chipmunk. Uh, you know, I listen to you about 2x. <laughs> Um, so this is about the first time I'm hearing your real voice because I, I listen to you on faster speed. And I, and I, when I learned, I learned better. I'm like, yeah, it does seem like I'm remembering this better. So that's been really fun for me. And I already talk fast. You must have a really quick brain because I, I, man, if you're at two, if you're at two X Shane, man, that's, that's Shane early on coffee. If Shane has two cups of coffee, then you're, he's two X <laughs> normally. And then if we're going to three, four X, I don't even know what's happening there. That's awesome. I, you know, so go ahead. You occasionally have a guest. I got to drop it down to like one seven X. So that, that is the limiting factor, but but no, you're a, you're, you're a two Xer. Oh, that's awesome, man. I'll take two X all day long and whatever we do, I'll take two X. Some people want 10 X. I'll take two X. I'm okay with that. Um, (laughs) That's awesome. I, I think, you know, it's funny with the podcast thing. I do the same thing. I, I listen to audible or I listen to podcasts. And so I think, what I just, and it's funny, I just talked about this yesterday with my team is I'm going to start listening to more podcasts about crypto and all that kind of stuff. Just mm-hmm. not that I, I just feel like I don't understand it the way that I want to understand it, not necessarily to invest, maybe to invest, but more just, you know, you can go listen to a podcast. And once again, people that are way more intelligent than myself in regards to crypto and in regards to just about anything in life, but you know, I, and I can listen to that and you can kind of get up to speed on where things are at. And really, you know, it's like a, it's a quick education on things. So um, I love that. I think the, the access to knowledge is is there. And it's like, that's what's so awesome is you can learn something and be a lot better than most people within, you know, a few hours by just, or listening to a book or whatever that may be. Um, I love that. So mm-hmm. Chuck, man, this, this has been awesome. I, I knew this was going to be fun with you. And um, I really appreciate you jumping on today. And for anybody that's listening, if anybody wants to get in contact with you in the future, um, how can they how can they reach you? Our website's decent. They can find me there and then they can hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm responsive to anybody there. Awesome. Awesome. And so we got marketingarchitects.com. So you guys can go take a look at that. We'll have that in the show notes as well. And you guys, if you're listening to this podcast and you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe to it. Um, and Chuck, once again, I'm going to thank you again for coming in and representing uh, I'm going to say the underdogs because that's what you think you are, but I, I think you know that you're not the underdog anymore. But either way, we, we appreciate you representing the underdogs in improving um, the world and making TV uh, super relevant. And uh, can't wait to see what the future entails. Thank you. And this has been fun. Thanks, Chuck, for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have you. If you're listening to this podcast and you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe. We're on the list of the top 33 business podcasts and help your business grow substantially. So stay tuned. Next week, we'll bring a conversation with another marketing leader about what they do best. So don't miss out on this opportunity to grow and learn. Join me on the next episode of the Marketing Growth Podcast soon.